Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. That is so good. I love that. Um, and LJ can sing. Not sing, sing. And so can Todd. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, it's good to be together today, whether you're here with us or you're watching online. And we've been in this color series where we've been learning about what motivates us and guides us as we interact with each other. Um, I am a red-blue. I call myself that because I'm almost a dead split and in the 40s red and blue, but I'm just a little bit more red. And at first when I heard this, I was like, oh, man. I feel like the reds are not nice. And that, does that mean I'm not nice? Uh, But as we've talked about it and learned more about it, you know, I've learned two things. Number one, I'm definitely red. And number two, um, I'm going to just embrace my redness with joy. But we're gonna hit pause on that color series today and talk about a different topic because today is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day again. I am a mom, I have been for about 18 and a half years. My oldest daughter, Avery, is a senior and she will be my first to graduate and leave the nest in about 12 days. So, May for us is gonna be like running around with our hair on fire, all while experiencing great joy and great grief. It's gonna be awesome. Happy May, everybody. Um, I also have another daughter, Maddie. You just saw her in the video going like this. She is 14 and just finished her freshman year of high school. And I also have a son, Cole, who I specifically prayed for. And he is 11 and I am his fifth grade teacher. We're on the home stretch. Uh, Being a mother has been both the hardest and most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I think a lot of moms would say that. When they asked me to share today, I immediately began to pray just to see what the Lord wanted to say to us today. And the funny thing is, immediately I knew I was supposed to talk to the men first. Strange but true. So if you'll oblige me, ladies, I would like to address the men in the room before we get started. I'm a single mom. It is not lost on me that probably there are not a lot of single moms bringing the message in their churches this weekend. And as such, I didn't wanna miss an opportunity to say something I feel is very important. Every day, I live with the gap of not having a male presence living in our home. Now God leads us, protects us, provides for us. My dad is a very real presence in our lives and we have lots of family men who invest in our family. But the gap of not having a male presence living in our home is felt by all of us. God designed a really good thing when he made the family unit. And I'm more aware of that than ever now that I live with a peace of mind missing. So to the dads and the men in the room, I want to say, you are so needed in the spaces and the families where God has placed you. Your presence makes such a difference. You are vital. In a world that questions more and more the roles of men and women, I want to say the design in the garden was very good. Men and fathers, we need you. And we need you to lead like Jesus. Not in a dictating, telling everybody what to do kind of way, but in a washing feet, setting an example, 
laying down your life day by day for the people you've been entrusted with, whether you live with them or not. You're so important. Thank you for what you mean to our families, our churches, our schools, our workplaces, the whole wide world. We are cheering you on and we appreciate the covering that you were created to bring. That's all you get today. (laughs) Your turn is over. Uh, Yes, we should celebrate them for sure. Besides acknowledging the men, I also knew very quickly that there would be different groups of women to acknowledge in the room today. So first, to women who want to be mothers, but for whatever reason are not at this time. You're in a tough spot. The road many of you walk trying to become mothers is difficult on many levels. We see you today. We acknowledge any little ones that you've lost along this journey and grieve the loss of life with you. I'm praying right now that God would move over your life powerfully and do what only he can do. To mothers who grieve the loss of children today, my mother included, we see you too. This is a situation that you never wanted to be in and it always feels backwards. I pray that you are well loved today and that you're able to remember your child with more joy than pain. To those of you who have lost your mothers and will not get to celebrate with them today, I pray that the hope of heaven would be renewed in your spirit. To mothers of children who have walked away from the Lord or from your family, you too feel that things are backwards. I pray that God will strengthen you and sustain you as you pray and believe and wait. To women waiting for adoptions to come through or who foster children, you are doing so many hard, good things every day. I pray that you have just what you need as you exemplify the heart of the Father to set the lonely in families. To those women who are single or who haven't chosen to be mothers and aren't sure if they ever will, you are not less because of that position or that decision. You have a lot to contribute to the world. Last but not least, to all the moms in the room raising children in this season, I bet you're tired. Whether you're a little tired or a lot tired, the weight of motherhood is real. And all the things that you do that nobody sees, God sees everyone. And I pray that he reminds you that he doesn't miss a thing you do on behalf of your children and your family. That feels like a lot of acknowledging, but I do feel like it's very important that we remember that God sees and God remembers and God understands. It's a good place to start. So let's dive in today by going back to the start of the Bible in the book of Genesis and to the garden. It's in the garden that we find the original plan for what we were created to be, what is deeply encoded into our beings that makes us operate the way we do, and also why since sin entered the picture, we do things to compensate for what we lost in the garden. Things like full freedom and unbroken intimacy with God and each other, and complete provision from God's hands, not our own. The loss of these treasures makes us endlessly grasp for satisfaction at our own hands unless we surrender fully to God. From the beginning in the garden, 
God made it clear that men and women were created with different strengths and roles to play and that they were meant to play them in tandem together. Partnering distorted the world with God as he walked with them in the cool of the day. God shows in his word clearly why women were created and what we bring to the created world. Now this matters on Mother's Day because fun fact, all mothers are women. <laughs> and when women operate in what we were created to do, whether we're mothers or not, we live our most fulfilling and purposeful life. And that is what God wants for each of you. Let's look at what it says in Genesis 2. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Let's go back to Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So... God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, based on these passages, we can see that women were created with two main purposes. First, to be suitable helpers, and second, to bring forth and multiply life. Notice that in the garden, the only thing not good was Adam being alone. But once God creates Eve for Adam and surveys all that he has made, things get very good. Women have been helping complete incomplete circumstances from the moment we were created. We were created to help make something not good get very good. That's the kind of helper we're talking about. So the word help carries many connotations for us, but the one in the creation account in the Hebrew is a word translated ezer. Ezer means helper, ally, savior, rescuer, and protector. The idea here is not a servant, but one who comes running when another needs help. And Ezra is a hero, someone with skills and strength, someone to stand in the gap. The word Ezra is used twice in the Old Testament to describe Eve and 16 times in the Old Testament to describe God himself. This is also a name used to memorialize how God helped his people. You can read about it in 1 Samuel. They make a memorial and call it Ebenezer, meaning thus far the Lord has helped me. Let's look at some other places in scripture where God is described at our help. Deuteronomy 33 says, there is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength 
an ever-present help in trouble. And finally, Isaiah 41 says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. God rides across the heavens to help. He doesn't back down. He's an ever-present help in trouble. He strengthens us as he helps, and we don't have to be afraid because he will help. This is the helper that Eve is made to be. This is Ezra. This is not an inferior or weaker position. That's not the connotation here. And clearly God is not our inferior or weaker, even as he is our help. Eve was a helper like God. This was the part of the image of God that she carried. She offered strength, refuge, an ally, protection, partnership to Adam in a way that only she could. And Ezra is a rescuer a sidekick in the battle, a shoulder-to-shoulder companion, someone who brings what is lacking and helps to fill in weaknesses. It was not good for Adam to be alone, so God made Eve to help. We see this play out practically all the time. You show a group of women something that needs to be done that is not getting done, and they will have that cranked out by the end of the day. You show a group of women a need that is not being met and boom, by the end of the day, there's a calendar and a plan for meeting that need for the foreseeable future. We can get some stuff done. We are here to help. We're here to help get things done that are not being done otherwise in a way that only we can. We're strong, suitable helpers. But it's not just our productivity that demonstrates this. We're also here to help create spaces that rescue, that protect, and that strengthen, to help make anywhere we are become a shelter and a home. We help create and notice moments that are meaningful. We help by offering the right word of comfort at the right time or no words at all. We help with our interior fortitude. Women are naturally strong on the inside. They sit in hospital rooms when everyone else leaves. They were at the foot of the cross when so many had abandoned Jesus. When healthy, women carry an intense, enduring emotional strength in a unique way. Our ability to feel and identify our emotions gives us fortitude in the fire because we're not unacquainted or confused by feeling a lot of them. And to be clear, women can also be strong on the outside. Case in point, mamas. You mess with a mama and you're going to get it. Physically, emotionally, all the lees, you're going to get it. I don't recommend you mess with a mama. We are the day-to-day rescuers and protectors and helpers, doing things that no one else can do in quite the same way that we can. We love to help, come alongside to accomplish what needs to be done in the kingdom and in our families and for our friends. 
that's a really powerful purpose that we were designed to bring to the world and those around us from the moment of creation. You, as an Ezer, carry a powerful and needed help. Our second purpose in the world is that women were created to bring forth life. Now, obviously, men play a part in the process. But in the garden, God uniquely tasked women with carrying new life and bringing new life from their bodies into the world in a way that men were not designed to do. Now, this is the obvious way that women bring life, but don't miss how Eve brought life to the world just by her presence. Look at Adam's response when Eve shows up. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. This is a man who's got a kick in his step. Remember, he's named every creature and there is none suitable to partner with him, to steward the garden and to share life with him. She infuses Adam with a new energy he didn't have before because she's a match for him and none of the other created things would do. This causes him to celebrate who she is and how she relates to him. When she showed up, he came alive in a new way. Women, we were created to do that everywhere we go. We were designed to literally and metaphorically bring forth life in our relationships, in the circumstances we face, and in the spaces where God places us. Even the meaning of the name Eve alludes to this purpose. Eve means living, life, or lively. Again, this part of women also reflects the very image of God, who himself is the ultimate source, capital S, of all life. Let's look at some passages that show us this. Genesis 2. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Job 33. The spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Isaiah 42, this is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 6, talking about Jesus. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. As life bringers, we carry the very image of God as the source of life. We were designed to give birth to more life everywhere we go. And we do this in many ways. We speak comfort and nurturing and healing into painful places and the wounds of others that often feel dead. When we bring fresh ideas and perspectives into workplaces and ministries, we are bringing life. Even when we prepare a yummy meal, if we like cooking, we are literally bringing life to other people. We were designed to carry and bring forth life. So it's in us 
whether we're mothers or not, to know how to give birth to new things, new ideas, fresh perspectives, relational wisdom, a woman's touch. It was from Eve's body that the world would be filled with new life over and over again. And this is what women do. Unfortunately, as helpers and life bringers, we often try to do these things on our own. But we need to know we were never created to be suitable helpers or life bringers apart from God. Our created purposes were meant to be done out of our deep, intimate relationship with God. Eve didn't have to try to help or try to bring forth life. She was simply created to. You see, in the garden, Adam and Eve knew how to abide. Sin broke this perfect abiding apart, and it began to challenge the image of God in men and women. But God's design for men and women never changed. The most important effort that you can put in every day is the effort to abide in Christ, to know your God who helps you know yourself and to rely on the strength that overflows from that relationship, not your own striving. Women, I'm gonna call us out a little bit. Some of you in here have probably already made a mental list of how you are going to help more and bring more life into the places where you have influence. You've started a list in your brain. <laughs> the truth is, while that's not altogether bad, you are wasting your energy if you think you can do this at full potential without being intentional to stay connected to God. The most important thing you can do every day, mothers, men, women, everybody, is to stay connected to the source of all things. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Here's the best news of the day. You do not need to try harder. You simply need to abide longer. My mom told me to say that twice, so I'm gonna say it again. Right. You do not need to try harder. You simply need to abide longer, to show up, to acknowledge his presence in your life every day. It sounds too simple, but he offered us that. He created us to be connected with him in the garden. It's what we were created for. Mothers, we in particular, tend to lose ourselves in our tasks and our responsibilities. We are often so spent from all the effort that we put into those that many times we look more lifeless than life-giving. We often identify ourselves only in relation to what we do for everyone else instead of in relation to who God made us and what he designed us to be. And it's easy to do. The other voices, the other responsibilities are often just so demanding and so loud. Early after I had my second daughter, Maddie, a dear friend of mine left me a brief note in my mailbox that simply said something like this. Your gifts and talents are still in you. 
In this season, they may seem buried by nursing and diapering and cleaning, but all of this is part of the equipping for the ministry ahead. God has not forgotten what he made you for. And I say that to all of you. God has not forgotten what he made you for. So the question for all of us today is, what source are you trying to pull power from that isn't God? Is it the approval of others? Is it your intelligence? Is it all your efforts? So many of these are just rooted in ourselves. We're so good at getting things done. We're such good helpers. But often we try to do these things on our own. We are all guilty, men and women, of operating in self-sufficiency. We think, we got this. We don't got this. Not for a second. Our efforts might get the job done for a while, but they will never sustain the efforts long-term and they will never sustain the efforts that matter eternally. We need a fountain, a spring of life, an ongoing source of life to give us what we need to be who we were created to be in the world. Jesus said this so beautifully and simply in John 15. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. All of us have a job to do. We have part of the image of God to carry into the world so that they know who he is. But we do it best when we're dependent on God's sufficiency, not our ability. This might mean that you do one less task a day in order to spend more time with God. Have your coffee with him, ask him questions. Let him through his spirit and his word answer them and infuse you with life and bring you what you're lacking. From the garden, God has just wanted to be with us and equip us to be just what we were created for. His agenda is not different now. He is available to you every second of every day. He is ready to help you and ready to bring you life, even as he created you to do that in your world. It's worth your time to spend your time abiding in him. Let's pray. God, everything that you do is good. Everything that you design is good. We're sorry for how we mess it up. We're sorry for the places in our lives where we take hold of the reins, where we think we have it. God, we claim you as our sufficiency. God, I thank you for the design of men and women. I thank you how they together show the full image of who you are that they are a picture and likeness of you, God, and you are the one we love the most. God, help us, equip us, teach us, infuse us, help us. 
in the name of Jesus, the name that saves, the name that brings us life, the name that helps us. We pray in this name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.